speaker yet again today, Lord. I pray, Father, as we've lifted up our, our, our sacrifice to you, as you looked it over, Lord, there was nothing half-hearted, nothing lukewarm, Lord, but it was all on fire, Lord, given all we are to you. Lord, and this is also your word declares that you would come and minister to us. Lord, I understand that there are those we have struggles. We have different things that Satan uses against us to distract us, to pull us out of this room and our, and our uh, attention and our focus, make us sleepy, things like that. But Satan's very, 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 very defeated. And Lord, I, I pray tonight that you would help each one of us this morning to push right past that. And Lord, enter right in behind that Shekinah glory into that holy, holy of Lord that we're going to sit and hear from you this morning. And that our lives can begin to bud, Lord, just like you did with Aaron's rod all those years ago. Lord, let this pile of clay, let this temple of, this pile of dirt, Lord, start to bud in your presence, in your light, Lord. Help us here today. I pray you bless your people. That as you move amongst your, the room and your, your, your possessions, Lord God, that, that each one here today, that you'd meet that need, Lord. That you would answer that question that's been on their heart, Lord. For you're the Holy Ghost and you discern the thoughts and intents of our heart. Right down to the bone and the marrow, Lord. There's nothing whatsoever that can be hid from you. We thank you for that, Lord. We know that you're God because of this, Lord. That there's nothing can be hid from your sight. Help us here today, Lord. Let your word find good ground in us. Lord, tell us a little bit more about these secrets that's been hid before the foundation of the world, Lord. This, this mystery that, that so many of our brothers and sisters so so many thousands of years have wondered at, strained at, pondered over, Lord. But it wasn't made known until this day, Lord. Lord, once again, take the bread of life and feed your people. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. And we thank you, Lord, for being such a very supernatural God. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. <clears throat> if you'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Just want to read a couple verses while you're standing. Thank you all for coming to the house of the Lord today. I pray you come expecting something greater than you've ever seen before. Uh, it, it's something greater than Wednesday night, something greater than Sunday. Uh, for those of you that weren't here Wednesday night, you don't know what you missed. For those of you that were here but not really here, don't know what you missed. The Holy Spirit moved through the room in such a special and precious way. I thank Him for that this morning. Just while you're standing, this will be part 10, Brother Madden, and, and the changed in our atoms and our, our, our title, our subtopic would be this voice. I'm not saying that voice, I'm saying this voice. So as you put it in your notes, I want you to keep that in mind. This voice that you're hearing, not my voice, but this voice that you're hearing right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. You may be seated this morning. I will say it this simply in this place. This, this is as simplistic as can be. I want to be a new lump. I want to be a new lump. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a halfway lump where I've still got 90% of Sam Parker's ideas, 90% of Sam Parker left alive. I want to be a new lump in the Holy Ghost where the only thought I think is his, the only want I have is his. 
That's my desire. I want to be a new lump in the Lord Jesus, a new creation made in his image and his likeness. You love the Lord this morning. It's such a privilege to serve a very present and awesome God. And, you know, as we, as we stand here to begin to minister and, and thinking about it, that the Bible called it to the foolishness of preaching. The foolishness of preaching that a man would stand before other men and women and, and get all excited and, and be on fire for God and, and whether froth of the mouth or spit or whatever it might be and just the expression of, of such a passion. And, and so many times, so many people sit there just like a knot on a log and not entering the same passion and the same expression. But God is real yet the same. And when the Bible would declare it through the foolishness of preaching, all the world would consult this foolishness. But you also have the scripture that states that what the world calls foolish, God calls great. What God calls great, the world calls foolish. What the world calls, you understand, Satan, it's just always a contrast of everything that God is. So <clears throat> we've been preaching on the rapture, preaching, preaching on the, the revelation of this day. And the, the, the rapture only comes to those that are, are a born-again, Holy Ghost-filled believer. You will not take a rapture thinking you have the Holy Ghost. You will not take a rapture just uh, someone told you you have the Holy Ghost. You will take a rapture because by faith you see the fruit of it in your life and you know that you know that you know that you know that you have the Holy Ghost. Now, I've said in service before <coughs> in other church in a meeting that the devil moves through the room. I was standing in the back of the room, and I told you that, that I was standing on the back row. Me and my family was on the back row, and the devil come to me and told me, you don't have the Holy Ghost. You don't have the Holy Ghost. Just nonstop, just that verbally. You don't have the Holy Ghost. You don't have the Holy Ghost. And I'm thinking that I need to go down the altar and get the Holy Ghost. And I'm thinking that way. Then he tells me, no, you shouldn't do that. You should stay right where you're at. But I don't have the Holy Ghost, so I need to go get the Holy Ghost. No, you don't have the Holy Ghost, but you should stay right where you're at. And then it, it come to find out that that same demon was working through the room. and They came up for prayer, and they knew they had the Holy Ghost, but the devil was lying to them, moving through lying to them. Now, again, Satan will lie to you one way or the other. He'll tell you you do have it when you don't have it. He'll tell you you don't have it when you do have it. So don't let Satan deceive you this morning. We are a very, uh, a very um, simple kind of church, very simple assembly. There's no uppityness here. There's no big starchy here. I don't care if you're 100 years old or if you're 2 years old. I don't care if you've been serving the Lord for 250 years or five minutes. If you need that experience with the Lord, don't let Satan keep you from it. So all that to say, if you were in this room Wednesday night and you didn't feel him moving through the room, something's wrong. Sunday morning, in the worship service, if you couldn't feel him moving up down the aisle, something's wrong. And the Bible tells you, go back and check your experience. Go back and check your experience. Something's wrong. Go back and look through over with Joshua. Achan had went through and stole that wedge of gold in the Babylonian garment while they attacked Jericho that most likely belonged to Rahab. Hey, Rahab left everything behind. She forsook all to follow the Christ of her day. And then Achan comes through and says, well, I need this and I need this. And because of what that man did, 16 men lost their lives. At a, a weaker, uh, lesser arm, they went to fight. They lost their lives. So as soon as the test come up, they lost the test. And Satan Joshua says, stop, stop everything, stop everything, stop everything. Just halt right now. What's wrong? What's wrong? And he went back searching through the camp, and the Lord showed him what Achan had done. 
Now, each one of us are to circumcise our hearts, to search us, to see if there's any wicked way in us. That's what each one of us should do before we come into this room. Or even if while in your room, this room, the Holy Ghost moves upon you, and you're to make that right before God. Like Matt said Wednesday night, if you need to come up during the song service, during the preaching, and, and lay before the altar, if you need to stop and say, I got something I need to confess. Again, nothing starts to you about this church. We have no appointment. We have no scheduled time. We don't have to be out of here by 1045 or none of those things. We want the Holy ghost to move and breathe through this building like this world's never seen and i don't want me to stand in the way of it anytime i want him i don't want you standing over the way this morning i want you to lord i want all my life laid bare in your presence lord if there's something that i've forgotten about years and years ago i had a friend of mine was telling something that she had against someone else and she couldn't figure out why a relationship couldn't get fixed between her and this other person and the lord showed her that she had told that person a lie a years and years and years and years and years ago and it was standing between them this little bitty silly thing satan don't let satan get traction in your life don't let him get traction satan will hide in anything He'll hide in anything. And if it's covered up, if it's hidden, and like Satan's got room to hide. That's why you bring forth as a body and, and this is this. And we have, if we have offenses one with another, we sit down, we, minutes ago, we'll talk about it, we'll work it out, and, and we won't leave until it's completely satisfied between all the parties. This seems very simple. It seems too silly what Satan says. No, no, you sit there and you keep yourself hidden. You ain't got to air your dirty laundry. This ain't that kind of a place. We're not going to take what you say and put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, and you know so-and-so struggle with that. No, it might be something like this. You know, that person used to struggle with this, but God delivered them when they confessed it right here. There was a, um, a sister, we, we shared that recent while back to Brother Wayne Lawson, that total testimony 10 years ago or so that, that he would, uh, had a woman come up for prayer and she had a husband that was an unbeliever and she had to confess an infidelity or something like that with him. And he told her that she said, I want to go on with God, but I know this is standing in my way. He said, you've got to make that right with your husband. He said, but my husband might leave me. He said, sister, you said you want to make it right with God. The only way you make it right with God is if you make it right with your husband. She said, but he might leave you. He said, then he just does. You want God or you want your husband? I'll ask each one of you tonight, do you want God or do you want your husband, your wife, your sister, your brother, your neighbor? I want God. God works all things well. He does all things well. Satan will tell you that if you confess that, if you say that, your relationship is over. Everybody knows what you were. No, no, that's a liar keeping his foot on your neck. So she goes home and she makes it right with her husband, confesses everything to her unbelieving husband. He comes back and gives his heart to God. He said, anybody that will move, any spirit, any God that will move upon a person that make them tell off on their self, I want to serve a God like that. I want to serve a God that will make someone up and say, I was wrong. I, I got to confess something. I made a mistake. I did this. I need prayer over. I need help so Satan don't have traction in my life. He said, I want to serve a God like that. I, I think about Brother Brown going through Norway and, and those he said they talked about right after World War II. The, the soldiers, they're sitting there. He said, these guys are 16, 17 years old in the, in the army there no way no way <clears throat> and he said they weren't even old enough to shave but they're in the army he said and they're they have other germans that come across or russians whatever it is he said they're they're enemies they're absolute enemies and don't want nothing to do with them whatsoever he said but god started moving in the room and they said i'll serve a god that'll do that i'll serve a god that'll raise the dead i'll serve a god that'll make one enemy love another enemy i'll serve a god that'll make one enemy lay his life down for the other enemy you serve a god like that you serve a God like that this morning? That's a very real present help in every time of trouble. This is what a new lump looks like. That's what a new lump looks like. 
Ain't like I said, ain't nothing starts you about this place. If you fall out on the floor kicking and frothing the mouth, and glory be to God, we'll join you. Satan will tell you, stay in your seat. I can tell you things that Satan's told me. Satan will tell you, stay in your seat. I, I've told you before is that as the Lord was moving up on my heart just to kneel and worship, Satan was telling me, oh, how many times? No, don't do that. People think you think you're something. Just to kneel in the presence of God, Satan will tell you that you think you're something. No, I'm kneeling in his presence. I'm not kneeling in anyone else here. I'm kneeling before the mighty God that created heaven. Like I said, on that day, on that day in the millennium, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. I tell you, I won't wait till then. I'm not going to wait till then. I'll do it right now. You see, John ain't going to walk up beside me and say that God is able these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Ain't no rocks going to take my praise this morning. Ain't no rocks going to take my praise this morning. Like I said, whatever God wants to do, whatever God wants to do, I give him all the praise. I give him all the glory. Had a was standing in the meetings here a while back, and I was struggling with that, kneeling and praying, kneeling in the service, and I've shared this with some of you, standing there, kneeling, not kneeling. The Lord had put on my heart to kneel during worship, and I wouldn't do it. A lot of people I didn't know were standing around. I thought they'd think something about me, and the Lord told me, get out of my way. Get out of my way. And I thought, how can I be standing in his way because the spirit of me that's fighting him is in his way. It's fighting the spirit of the Lord from moving. You're the same way. So if we have, I don't know how many, Brother Mac already counted, how many people here today, let's say there's 30 people in the room today and 15 people and won't let their heart go, won't let their spirit breathe in his presence and to sit there and fight and God has to move to you and then just tiptoe around you to go to the next person. Who wants that this morning? I want it to look like a, um, those old games, like a, you know, ding, 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 from person to person to person to person to person, nothing fighting, nothing in his way, just full saturation of the Holy Ghost, full saturation, just full saturation, move from one to one to one to where it gets so dark and not dark, but so thick with the, the, the expression of the Holy Ghost in this room that he takes over and starts prophesying in the room. That's what a kind of church I want to go to. That's what I want. And I don't want nothing in me to hinder him. I don't want nothing in me to stop him. I, I did really enjoy that I did. I didn't want to sound like I put a dent in there. I did really enjoy what the Lord put on with Matt's heart about that one thing. That, that, so I didn't put down one thing. I, I, I was going to fill a couple both sides up. I, I, did, I only filled one, but I filled as many people as I could put on there. I signed my name on it, and I want to put it in the altar because I want it gone. If there's anything I can think of in my life, I don't want to say, well, let's just give this one thing today. No, I done told God too many times, don't be gentle with me. If you got to rip it out of me, whatever it is, don't be gentle about it. You'll heal me. He'll heal me. If there's something in me that's got to come out, Lord, don't be gentle. If there's a demon on me, rip it out, kicking and screaming. I don't care because I serve a healer, and he'll fix whatever that thing did to me. The only person that wants it to stay is your enemy. Your spirit don't want it. Your spirit don't want it. I want a full freedom expression of the Holy Ghost. That's what I want. I want a revival and a Holy Ghost fire to break out in this church that will burn this whole town down. That's what I pray for. I pray that the God, the creator that I serve, has created every single person, every heartbeat in this town to be a believer of the message of this hour. And that God lets us, let that Holy Ghost revival start here until we go to every town, every community, till we take this whole state to be a believer of this message of this hour. I don't mean of Wesley's day. I don't mean a Baptist day or Lutheran's day. I mean the truth right now that was revealed before the foundation of the world. And I'm not going to pray for anything less. 
When so many people say, well, we know the, the seed's about run out. We know it's about, I understand those quotes. I'm not disputing those. I'm not arguing those quotes whatsoever. I am saying that with all my heart where Jesus said, I would that none would be lost, me, a part of his bride, say, I'm going to put that in my prayer. I'm going to put that how I speak. I'm going to put that how I claim. I don't care what the person's done, what they believe. I don't care because I used to be different when I am right now. And the one that created a change in me will create a change in them. I tell you all the time, we had a brother say to him recently about uh, someone that was there that they probably weren't bride there, wherever he was at. And I said, no, you always got to look at Saul before he become Paul. You got to look up Jacob before he become Israel. Either one of those two seeds before they were clicking, you would not want to hang out with. You would not want to tell your deepest thoughts to. Saul would have took your head off. Jacob would have robbed you blind. Well, the serpent said, who do you think you are? Do you get to dictate that? Well, they did this, they did this. Let's look at Jacob and let's look at Saul. But then God fixed their life. See, I want God to fix my life. I said again, I want to be a new lump. I want to be so completely remolded by the Holy Ghost that you don't even see me anymore. That when you look at me, all you see from head to toe is a pillar of fire. That's what I want. Six foot tall, walking around, blazing pillar of fire. That's all I want. Am I by myself this morning? I'm by myself this morning. You won't take a rapture without it. See, it don't please God for you to hide things from him. It don't please God to let you have a lying spirit on you. It don't please God to let you have a religious spirit on you. It don't please God to let you have a make-believing spirit on you. It don't please God to let you have anything inside your house of clay that stands against him. This is as far as you'll come. And you'll give that thing strength. Because you let it stay. And by you letting it stay, you're giving it power because it has no power on its own. Has no power on its own. I, again, I asked, uh, Brother Matt had told me uh, was that two Sundays ago it happened about that the demon was telling you that that scripture wasn't there. And I told him Sunday after he preached, I really wish he'd have shared that testimony. Satan's telling that there in Colossians 2 that that scripture ain't there, that God, your healer, your creator, your redeemer, your restorer, made an open show of every demon in hell. He whooped them plainly, didn't just beat them, didn't just whoop them, stomped their head on the ground. Amen. The word declares it. The word says it's nothing but the truth. Every demon in hell is scared of that verse. Every demon. And the demon is sitting there. I might have been loose for himself. Telling him, it ain't there. It ain't there. It ain't there. But it's there. Amen. Colossians 2.14 is there. Made an open show. See? You ain't no wimp. You ain't meant to be no, well, I guess a Christian is just some soft, simple, humble, hideaway. No, when demon comes around, you take its head off. Amen. Well, that, you're just too, too, too mean. Too, no, I, he don't let them stand. Why would I? Amen. See, the difference in this day and that day or the day to come, and, and there are three comings of Christ. Everybody understands that? There are three comings of Christ. Amen. Raise your hand if you believe that this morning. That there are three comings of Christ. Okay, I had a brother, a man that I met recently, and he was trying to tell me about the second coming of Christ. He doesn't believe in there being three comings, but the Scripture is very clear and plain, as long as you believe it. 
So the first time he come to redeem you, second time he come to get you, third time he comes back to show you off. We say this all the time. So when he come the first time, John has said that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word stepped into one body, just like he did with Abraham. He created a uh, whatever the height Jesus was, five foot eight, five foot nine, six foot tall. I don't care what he was. He created that pile of dirt and he put, the, the, uh, I think it's Colossians says that he, he condensed himself into, that it pleased him that all of the fullness of the Godhead would dwell bodily. He fit up into that body. All the fullness of the Godhead can be fit in him. All of it fit into one. And you, you hold that scripture in Colossians and you couple it with, with John. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily fit into one. And he come as a redeemer, restore, as a repair of the breach, the binder of the womb, to make a way for us to come back to that Shekinah glory. He stepped in be perfect that can meet the exact technicality and specificity of every law that he required that he required and and i say it like that because different people struggle with as jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights that obviously jesus had to been died on a thursday that way he was in the well the, the ground three days and three nights he didn't say that he had to be there 72 hours because you find another scripture where it says he would not suffer my holy one to see corruption Corruption sets in at 72 hours. So you're not going to have it fighting the word. You're not going to contrast with the word. God says, I say, this is what's required. And you're going to stand up and say, who do you think you are? No, God said, I require this amount. I come down, I paid that price. Now, you're redeemed. You have scripture that said, why would the, 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 the pot, look at the potter and say, why hast thou made me thus? Why have you made me thus? Who do you think you are? Uh, the creator. So he did exactly what he required of himself. I'll say it again. He did exactly what he required of himself. To be a kids and redeemer. To be your healer. To be your redeemer. To be your restorer. Now, I'm not talking about restored just to an 18-year-old uh, natural human flesh when you were 18 in your perfection, your prime, whatever you would call that, because it wasn't perfection. Not one of us was perfect. By the time I was 18, I had a lot of scars on my body. By the time I was 18. But you weren't perfect. But So when you're talking about restored perfection, he's not talking about, oh, I finally get a young body again. No, 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 nothing so silly. Nothing so silly as, oh, I go back to an 18-year-old. Nothing so silly. See, that's silly because that still had corruption in it. But this corruption, this, it must put on incorruption. The mortal must put on immortality. So that picture that he had before the foundation of the world, in his mind, the creator, the prophesier, the one that can bring it to pass, he said, I'm restoring you back to that. No imperfections, no impurities, no corruption. Most importantly, no unbelief. No unbelief. No sin, no unbelief. So you're not going to believe this, but when God says something, anything, you believe it. You believe it. So I'll make you a new lump, full of the Holy Ghost. 
So as John would say that the Word became flesh then in one form and walked around in one form, that was a, 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 a first fruits. The Bible talks about him being the first fruit. So as you have raised gardens and your fruits start coming in your vegetables and you've got, say, 100 tomato plants and you've got one that steps up first and puts out the first tomato, you come running inside and say, oh, my goodness, look at it. Isn't it beautiful? Now mow everything else down kill it all this is we've got the one that's all we need again that wasn't the designer's purpose see the prophet would tell you about even in orchestras and symphonies that if you have a a full symphony sitting here violinist horns uh, all these different sitting there if you've got one person there that that's not in the same spirit of the composer if they're not reading line for line okay he says here go up he says here go down he says here stay here bridge these things like that if they're trying to play their own thing then it's not the perfect flow of the of the composer so it must be a perfect flow so when you have a a natural designer computer uh, composer writer of music and he says i want it to be this way you would say okay that probably sounds pretty good but in your flesh you'll fight god well i don't really know what he knows what he's talking about but always was his purpose that it wouldn't just be first fruit that it wouldn't just be a first fruit, that it wouldn't just stay, the word became one flesh. You understand that? I'll read it to you again. Out of the Christ the mystery of God revealed. God's purpose. Paragraph 141. The first thing was that God wanted to reveal himself to the people. So before there was such a thing as an Adam, I don't mean A-D-A-M, I mean A-T-O-M, I mean particles, I mean dust, I mean water, vapor, barrier. Before there was any of those things, God's purpose was to reveal himself to his people. Part two, number two, paragraph 144. Secondly, to have the preeminence in someone else's body. No, he said his body of believers. Okay, so me as a Christian, me standing here right now, I want to know what God's purpose and will for my life is. God wants to reveal himself to me. Um, I think... Uh, it's not it's too much i can't do it i can't take it i'll explode Uh, no no doubt but he makes himself so simple that even a fool couldn't air therein the scripture says no no it must be the you know the great biggest and you're not smart enough you're not deep enough to understand that ain't the spirit of god that's not the spirit of god now god reveals the deep things god does this thing god does this i've heard many people over the years say well you know it's, it's got to be this way it's got to be the deep things no god is the one that leads you out in the deep it's not some preacher standing there that that using their their gauge and their level of depth it's the holy ghost that gives understanding revelation wisdom in the knowledge of him not in the world of you so if that's his purpose god to reveal himself in me to me Let's say it like that, to me. And then he wants to have the preeminence in me. Okay, two, right there. That is his bride, that he might live in people. Then third, thirdly, to restore the kingdom to its rightly position. To restore the kingdom to its rightly position. Now, just take that, we'll pull out one thought of that right there real quick, just to, just to kind of reinforce what we've been saying about what you will look like before the squeeze, during the squeeze, before the change, what you will look like. Do you realize that Jesus came on this planet in a flesh like yours, but perfect, and died in this timeline, in this dimension? You understand that? 
that he did that here. No one's going to argue. Okay, 33 AD, he died, he gave his life, they beat him beyond recognition, he hung him on a cross, he became a curse just for me, hung between heaven and earth, right there. That's why he had to be elevated, to be hung between heaven and earth, right there, and be a curse for you. God did that for you in this timeline. Now, let's all just assume that God doesn't mean that he did that in this timeline, that you will be restored in another timeline, another dimension. No, no, no. That's now. That's when the word becomes flesh. See, he is the lion. He's also the lamb. The lamb was paid. The lamb gave the sacrifice. The lamb redeemed so that you might know him as a lion. He's not going to take the bride away. Let me, let me just usher her away. Don't be too mean to her, Satan. Don't, don't beat her up too bad. Please be gentle. It's easy to get a skewed picture and a skewed understanding and a skewed imagination of this great God that you serve. It's, see, I believe William Brown's a prophet. I believe he's a prophet. I believe God vindicated it so much and so thoroughly that no one can dispute that. So if you are disputing that he's a prophet, either you're ignorant, don't understand, or you got a lying spirit on you. Either one. There's a lot of people that don't know, and I get that. They just don't know. But otherwise, and when you start seeing, it don't take very long to see what God did in his life and say, yep, that's a prophet. You know, the scripture says this, and he's doing that. Okay, that's a prophet of God. You know, Amos told you. You can see it because God revealed himself to his prophets. He speaks that such a way. So when God would step in that man and breathe and say something and make it available for this day, this hour, because there had to be someone here who could not just believe it, but could live in it. Not just believe it. See, you can say, I believe the rapture will happen. I believe that she will be, that third pool will be available to her. I believe all those things. Y'all have a great day. I'm going to go home and go back to my test, my trouble, my trial, and just fail miserably. Okay. If we had time to jump back in Revelation chapter 3 and read, To he that overcomes. To he that overcomes. To he that overcomes will I give. So somebody in there is going to be overcoming. You can't say, I believe it, and not overcome with it. Because you've got to be lying somewhere. Because if you believe it, it means it rubbed all the make-believe out. It runs all, rubbed all the disbelieve out. So wait a minute. He said that I would overcome in this day. Guess what? That means I will overcome in this day. Okay. Okay, we've checked that. Okay, he said, I'll take a rapture. Guess what? I'll take a rapture. That promise is unto me. I'm not going to say, I don't like that, I don't like that, I don't like that. See, that's the problem with, with so many different, uh, let's just say, religions, organizations, denominations. They'll say, we'll take this, we won't take this. We'll take this, we won't take this. We was watching a, um, a little clip of Vest, I don't want to say the name. We was watching a little clip the other day of a, of a female preacher, Pentecostal preacher, and she was saying, um, she was uh, kind of admonishing or exhorting these other preachers, and she's sitting there preaching to these other preachers, I don't know if it's convention or whatever it was, and saying, you've got to take all the Word of God. You've got to believe all the Word of God. You can only live by all the Word of God. Word of God says you can't be a woman and preach. So she must have took that part and ripped her out of her Bible. Yeah, I don't like that part. You can't have that part. And how many more things? How many more things? Let's talk about fornication. How many people? Well, I'm a Christian. Ask anyone. I'm a Christian. And you live with your, your girlfriend, you live with your boyfriend, all these different things. Then what about adultery? So you have so one of the biggest tests of our day would be lust. And you can see why it's easy was the original sin. It would be lust and sexual desire and the lust of the flesh. You can see that's obvious. You're not looking out there and saying, well, it could have been murder. No, murder's not on the increase as much as lust and sexual, all that perversion is on the increase. 
They're not knocking down, uh, they're not having marches and protests and rallies about let's free the murderers, let's murder who we want, let's rob who we want. No, 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 it's let me have this sexual desire, this sexual lust, let me be who I want to be and love who I want to be, perverted as can be. It's obvious to see as far as a mass majority, that looks got to be the first sin through that. So in that same kind of a thing, Satan will let you say, I can do any of those things. I can do any of those things and still be a Christian. Jesus said, let me magnify the law where so many people want to say, so many other religions want to say that, well, you know, the, the law was a thing of the past and, and it was Jesus done away with it. Then you don't believe the scripture. Jesus comes and he said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I come to magnify the law. So Jesus would take that original sin where Moses would be breathed upon by the voice of God to tell them this, that if you sleep with your neighbor's wife, you've committed adultery. Moses. And so they come along, well, Jesus didn't wear the word, so that shouldn't have a problem. No, no, Jesus said, no, 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 it's not just that. He said, if you look, if you look upon a woman and have lust in your heart, you're guilty of committing adultery with her. No, I thought he'd done away with the law. No, he amplified it. Amplified it. That if you even look, okay, does that, that seem familiar to you? Does that, does that, that Jesus would say it like that seem familiar? Let's just bounce back to Genesis 3 where Satan, the serpent, has so beat at Eve and beat at her and beat at her and wore down and wore down and wore down and wore down to finally she goes from we shall not eat of that tree to she's so frustrated she said he can't even look at the thing. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? You can't even look at it? Is that what it says? Can't even look at it? And Jesus says, if you look upon a woman, and it's, it's not just a man, it's a woman for looking upon a man with lust. I used to be, as a kid growing up, eat up with lust, and I thought it was only men that struggled with that. I didn't realize men, women struggled with that too. But I said, we, in prayer lines we've been into the last couple of years, we have young girls, 10, 12 years old, coming up, we eat up with, struggling with a demon of pornography. 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. Not a boy, not just boys, but girls too. That demon is trying to get in them. Through the eyes, trying to look at those things through the eyes. But Jesus would not have said these things if there wasn't a way to overcome those things. Well, you just told me things I can't do. Told me things I can't do. He's not that kind of a God. He's not going to say you can't do it if he won't make a way through it. Amen. Through it. Amen. So he's like, well, I'm going to tell you that you shouldn't live this world or be a part of this world, love this world, have a good day. No, he said, I will be with you. I will be in you. That way you can overcome the world. But you don't overcome the world unless he's in you. That's where Satan will trick you. He will tell you, I'm okay. I'm good. I've got the Holy Ghost. I shook the preacher's hand. And I say that a lot because Brother Brown used to say that phrase a lot. You just come up and shake the preacher's hand. And I always heard that as a kid growing up that someone would say that. You just shake the preacher's hand. Now you've got the Holy Ghost. And I had a friend of mine tell me he went to a school as a young boy before he became a believer. And they told him, just shake the, the principal or the pastor's hand. Now you've got the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, I had never actually in my lifetime heard of someone else to say that. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I was in a place they told me that. So as far-fetched as that sounds, you don't come up and shake my hand and get the Holy Ghost. You don't uh, put your name on our book to get the Holy Ghost. Uh, again, Brother Ram tells that story about having a conversation with a man somewhere in Texas that, that he had told Brother Ram this other guy's actually lost. He was talking about another brother, and the guy, the guy told Brother Ram, he said, that guy's lost. And he's like, how can you tell me that he's lost? He said, well, his name is not on our book. He said, Say that again? He said, if your name is not on our church book, you're lost. 
And he said, brother, get off the phone. Get off the phone. Ain't nothing scriptural about that. Ain't nothing God about that. But you see how Satan wants to separate? Take this one little thing. Now, I can't talk to you because we disagree. I can't, no, that ain't the Holy Ghost. That ain't the Holy Ghost. So and now I want to make a balance in that because Satan loves to separate from you. Satan loves to pull people from you because you can change them. So when you start to believe something, and it's backed up by Scripture, when you start believing something that's backed up by Scripture, that's confirmed by the Holy Ghost, and your life starts to change, you've seen other people that start to back away. Well, I don't believe it like that. That is not that person. That's a demon on that person saying, if they stay around much longer, they're going to be changed just like them, and we're not just going to lose them, but we're going to lose them too. It's strategic warfare. Strategic warfare. Yeah, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood darkness enemies demons principalities that's who you fight so if the human body was created to serve the lord every single human body that's ever been created was created so again let's just rewind this all the way back to genesis where eve says she birthed the twins the first of the twin which would be cain and said i've received a man for the lord so satan is not a creator Satan did not create a woman's body where she could have babies. She did not create, he did not create the embryo. He did not create any of those things, but it had to come through the way God created. So she said, I've received a child from the Lord, not only the one that created. God created my body, not anyone else. Now Satan's perverted his bodies, but there's a difference from that. So when you saw that, 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 first, that first body that was created, even in that fashion, that body still had 12 ribs, 12 ribs, still had a heart that had four valves, Still, serpent seed, still created to serve the Lord. Is this hard? Is this, am I, I feel like I'm stretching at it? Am I like I'm straining at something, trying to prove a point so hard? Say, say, say with me now. Because then, a few chapters later, they come to bring their sacrifice to the Lord, and God refuses Cain's sacrifice, blows it in his face, and Cain steps back mad, and God, the Creator, the same voice that's called you, told Cain, if you'll just do like Abel does, I'll accept you too. Well, God didn't know Cain was serpent seed. He just didn't know that. He didn't know that he'd disagree. You know that he hugged probably Judas on a daily basis? You realize he probably gave him a hug daily? All the while knowing you're going to be the one that sells me out. All the while knowing. I guarantee it. He didn't walk upon. You're going to watch up that Judas guy. He's going to get you never one time. I don't believe that for nothing. I don't believe that. You might. I don't. Couldn't even tell who his enemies were. Different kind of a lump. Much different kind of a lump. So when you talk about what the first fruit was, that this great big tomato, this great big potato, this great big first fruit you come up with, that if he designed it to be this way, there's got to be a lot more after him. So if then, when he redeemed you, he created a way that you could become him, and the way that he did that is he actually become you so that you might become him. And if you... Became, if God became Sam Parker, and then Sam Parker, Parker became, that's too much of a stretch. That's too hard. 
That's two. I'm making myself nothing. I didn't say this. This is what he said. I'm not going to make myself some big boss on those things. I'm talking about you. I'm putting my name in so I don't make you feel uncomfortable sitting here right now. This is what he says about his wife. So again, the word was one flesh. Now in this day, the word has become many flesh. His many-membered body. Now, do you believe me this morning? You believe what I just said? That that's God's purpose? That when I've read to you out of the Christ mystery, God revealed that it's God's purpose to reveal himself to his people, that it's God's purpose to have preeminence in his body, his people, the bride of Christ. Do you believe that this morning? Everybody, we're all 100% unanimous? Okay, everybody believes that. Now, do you know that Satan also knows that? Ooh, wait a minute, my enemy knows that? That's what God wants? So would that explain why Satan's always trying to pit us against each other? Why he's always trying to make us misunderstand one another, that get us have a bad feeling one to another, have a grudge and a, a something like that. Always against it? No, it's that person. They looked at me wrong. They did this right here the other day. I had a friend of mine on Friday send me that old song by the Kingsman, Excuses, More Excuses. You probably all heard it. Excuses, more excuses. You hear them every day. But it, the devil does this, and it's not just to stay away from church because the devil knows what happens when you go to church. He's not dumb. Again, he sees your light change. You might have walked in, looked like a black hole, no light whatsoever, and you walked out of one service, just the tiniest little spark. He said, uh-uh, I can't be having that. You won't be back. I'll guarantee you, you won't be back. Then you come back in with your little spark. Next time, it's a little bit bigger. And the next time, I know I can't have that. Because you realize Satan can't have you becoming fully manifested, adopted son and daughter. He can't have that. So why would he not fight you from these coming to the house of the Lord? Okay, so we've, we've checked that area, that he'd fight you from the house of the Lord. He's going to fight you from having fellowship one with another. We can't have that either because in that fellowship, when it's godly centered and you're used in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, gather two or three in my name, in my name, not my title, but in my name, he said, I will be in their midst. So now you've got one human, two humans, three humans. We're sitting here, we're fellowshipping about the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what happens? The Lord Jesus Christ comes right between us. And we walked away exactly the same. He don't come around and you stay the same. So Satan's watching this. Wait a minute. Every time they do that, they change. That light gets brighter. I hear that ticking clock speeding up. Tick, 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 tick. Every time, so I can't have that. I can't have that. Now I've got to set you against her, her against you, and you, and you. Got to be against you. Now, oh, good. Now there's no fellowship whatsoever. He lays back, kicks his feet up, puts his hand behind. Okay, we're good again. Sound like your enemy? Sound like your enemy? So Satan knows God's plan for your life. Satan can read the book too. Satan believes it sometimes more than we do. Satan was sitting there. William Branham being used to speak those words and he's like okay say it again first one was what was that again to reveal secondly was what was that again okay they had premium. oh i can stop that i'll try to stop that then third to bring forth the kingdom see again back to the bring forth the kingdom this kind of a manifested adopted bride is not a wimp is not out of a picnic she's battle she's battle uh, trained She's dressed in battle armor. She's not looking at me this morning asleep. She's not distracted. She's soaking up every word. Where's he at? Where's the demon at? I'll take him off of you. Where's he at? I'm, pre- I'm dressed for war. I'm ready for war. I will cut its head off. I have brothers and sisters that are in the same fight I am. If some demon whore jumps on them, where's that demon whore at? I'll take their head off. Yes. Not, oh, well, let's just put up with it. We'll just, no, they're okay. They're just, don't look right at them. Don't make eye contact. You think Lord Jesus is that way? Walk by legion? Don't want to look right at legion. Man, that looks bad. 
No, the demons knew he was coming for him. The demons knew he was coming for him. Now, as he is, do you believe this? As he is, so are we. Do you believe that? Simple, simple little phrase. As he is, so are we. Then Satan knows you're coming for him. That make you scared? That make you nervous? Make your fight get a little bit more real? But he's still defeated. He's still defeated. You will only ever fight with just a defeated enemy. Now, he's a good enemy. He's a good adversary. He's good at his job, but he's still defeated. The only power Satan ever can possibly have is what you take from yourself and say, here, Satan, use this on me. Use this on me. And Satan's like, gladly. Oh, give me that. Got any more? Well, I have lots more, but I don't use it. Again, Luke 10, 19 is not for Satan. Luke 10, 19 was for me. I should have got a unanimous amen. Luke 10, 19 is for me. I have been given power over every demon in hell. I have been given power. Man, it's quiet. I understand. I know what it's like to stand here and say these things. That means that before the day's over or my next week's going to be one of the hardest fights of my life. I'm okay with that. I can take it. I can take it. I'm not doing it by myself. I can take it. I have brothers and sisters praying for me. I have brothers and sisters that love me. I have brothers and sisters that are crying out my name to the Lord Jesus, helping me up in prayer. And that's one part. That's the part that matters tremendously to me. But I have him with me fighting. And I ain't scared no more. I just ain't scared no more. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 22. Ephesians 4.22. This never is enough time. Never is enough time. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. <clears throat> that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Putting off the old man. The old Sam Parker. The old, insert your name here. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Well, Sam Parker used to struggle with this. Sam Parker used to struggle with that. Sam Parker, I, they ain't talking about it no more. I've been made a new creation. I've been made a new creature. I've been made to seat in heavenly places with him. That you put that off. Concern, the former conversation, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Not just any spirit, the spirit, the Holy Ghost. Lord, take control. Take control, Lord. Let me think the thoughts of God. Let that sink in just a little bit this morning. Let me think the thoughts of God. We've shared a lot with you in the last year about him before the foundation of the world. There was nothing there. There's no air. There's no dust. There's no smoke. There's no nothing whatsoever. If you had the ability to walk upon Elohim sitting there, ask him, Elohim, what are you thinking about? He'd say, you. I'm just thinking about you and imagining you, surrendering your life to me, imagining you and your experience of me. I know there's going to be a lot of hard things that you'll have to go through, and the only reason you will go through those so that you will surrender your life to me because Paul will later write that all things are for your sake. Paul would also say that all things in Romans work together for the good to those that love the Lord and what? That are the called according to his purpose. The called according to his purpose. 
and his thoughts. So you would literally be thinking the very thoughts of God. So what would the thoughts of God be? To have preeminence in his body. To have preeminence in his body. Putting away. But that you put on the, 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 to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created. After God is created. That God is created for you to be righteous and in true holiness. Righteous and true holiness. And Brother Matt, I, that, that Wednesday night put in this, what would be, is, uh, I think it's Hebrews 12, that will talk about that sin that does so easily beset us. That we were to lay aside that sin with just so easily beset us. And that's what the basket was for. The one thing. He asked about the one thing that, that you know that you're struggling with. The one thing that you need victory over in your life. The one thing that you're having struggle conquering right now. That one thing keeping you between you and God. That one thing is doubt. That one thing is unbelief. Because all of sin is only unbelief. All of sin is only unbelief. And again... God is. God does. He is God, and God does fill all time and space. Brother Brown will tell you that anytime man goes to do something, tries to make a sin, or a woman, they don't think God's watching. For example, you think of the worst thing you've done in your life. You think of the worst thing you've said in your life. You think of the worst thing you've thought in your life. Would you have done that sitting right before the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ? He that comes to God must believe that God is and that he does. I'm not adding two. God is and God does. He is God and he does fill all time and space. He does hear your thoughts. He does watch everything that you do. So when you think of all those things, it changes how you not just speak, but how you think. Satan will try to put a thing in your head and you're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I curse you. I cast you down. You're not getting no traction in my mind. I rebuke you. Foul demon out of hell, you're in a fence to me. And I curse you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes you'll spend all day long just doing that. Satan, I done told you. I curse you in the name. I done told you. I'll tell you again. How many times I got to tell you? I curse you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Ghost. I curse you, Satan. He said you will be created in righteousness and true holiness. Not a make-believer, not a self-righteous spirit, not a religious spirit. Well, I go to church and I worship and I'm there. No, no, no. Sold out. Sold out. <clears throat> I was listening to a sermon the other day with Ram talking about you want to live a life to where not anybody you can find, even your enemy, even your enemy can step back and say, I can't find nothing wrong with them. I don't like them. I disagree with them, but ain't nothing wrong. You can't put one finger on their life nowhere. That means God, who is the righteous one, who is the holy one, stepped down and made you holy. He made you holy. Not my own strength, not my own one, but, but he made me. He created. Look at that. Verse 24, which after God, God's a creator. Well, I can't do this in my flesh. Can you imagine the sun as it first started to burn? Maybe it was a little bit of a tiny spark. Maybe it was a little bit of a tiny ball about so big. And Elohim is telling him, you know you're going to warm the entire solar system. And the sun says, I can't, I can't even see them from here. He said, don't worry, I'm the creator. I'm the creator. And the sun said, okay. And look what it does in its purpose. It, no different than you. You're his creation. 
The creator made the sun to shine, made the moon to glow. The creator made, yeah, I remember I was a little kid and I, I didn't understand that about the moon and we passed a little reflector on the side of the road and I don't know if it was my dad or whoever it was said, see the way that when, our lights, when, when there's no light there, the, the reflector on the side of the road has no reflection, no whatsoever, but once light shines across it, now you can see the reflection of it. And that's the way the moon is. The moon has no light on its own, but it can pick up the reflection of the S-U-N. Our lives have no reflection of our own, but we're to shine the light of the S-O-N. Now, I'm not talking about the S-O-N as far as in relationship to him being the lower God. This is where Satan's tripped up so many, the lower God. Well, you have, you have God the Father, you have the Holy Ghost, and here you have the little Jesus, the little son Jesus. This is where Satan got traction, uh, on the, even down to their baptism. It's not that, it's the person. And once you get away from the, oh, it's just the personality, people try to say, well, there's three, we believe in one God, but he's got three personalities. So now he's schizophrenic. They teach this as fact. Well, the Holy Ghost told the Father and told the Son, and they're all just, no, it's one. He's one. Well, there's things I don't understand. Okay, but it don't matter. He's still one. I, I can't fathom a being that fills all time and space. If I start thinking about it, you're going to see stuff running out of my ears. I ain't disputing I don't understand that, but yet he does. You understand the way how that a sun can be burning for a minimum of 6,000 years and not burn out? Can you, design, can you explain that in detail for me? I can't. It's a paradox, but it still does. Still does. Can you explain why this, the scripture I just quoted you out of Colossians where it said that all of the fullness, all the fullness, I just told you, of the one that fills all time and space, fit into one body is the scripture wrong or is it right it's right it's right all the fullness fit into one body but yet he fills all time and space yet he's still God he's a paradox all day long something that's unexplainable yet it's true unexplainable yet it's true so you have this one that that's his purpose, but it wasn't just to stop there. He didn't just run into the house with his one big fresh, first fresh, first fruits of tomato and said, burn everything down behind me. I've got the one. No, no, he said, there's going to be plenty more. And he'll say it like this, because I live, you live. Woo, wait a minute now. He lives because of the eternal Zoe life of the fire of God, because he is God. Who wants to argue about that? That God, Lord Jesus Christ, lives through the eternal Zoe life, the, the life, the light, the fire of God. Anybody dispute with that this morning? Nobody dispute with that. Who wants to dispute his words that said, because I live, you live also? Who wants to argue against that? So, then let's think about that. If he lives because of that, that means I live because of that. If he's a pillar of fire, that means that Changes things. I'm trying to be just as simple and connecting the dots as I possibly can. This is what the devil sees when he looks at you. This is why the devil fights you so hard. This is why the devil's throwing everything he's got at you to guarantee you you don't get manifested. But I'll say it one more time. He's defeated, and you are an overcomer. You realize he'll probably tell you in your lifetime trillions of times that you're not an overcomer. But I would say this again, every single word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Every single word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. <clears throat> so, 
that God will create in you to be righteous and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying. Why would he start there? Why would he start there with a lying spirit? A lying spirit can be so subversive. It can be so divisive, dividing, uh, trying to separate. It can try to be so slick and wily and try to get a bit, but it's just as hairy and black and slimy as anything in the pit of hell. And you think about in your heart, again, you're supposed to examine yourselves daily. I'll say this. I'll add the word saying this. Examine yourself daily. Paul didn't say daily. Paul said examine yourselves to see whether or not you be in the faith. I'll say it like this. Examine yourself daily. Well, I examine myself once a year. I'm doing okay. No, examine yourself daily. Am I in the faith? Am I a believer? Am I walking with God? Then you walk back over your life. Is there a lying spirit hiding there somewhere? If it is, let's cut its head off. Let's cut its head off. It's that simple. You're not like the other, uh, the other men of Israel when David walked up and they're hiding. Oh, no, I can't touch Goliath. No, no, you're meant to be. Uh, David was a shadow and type of you. You walked up. Where's that Goliath at? Where's he hiding at? Oh, you first? Get in line. Let's go. There's no backup in him. There's no scared in him. Not to be any scared in you. Because perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. He said, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Wait a minute. Why do you got to bring my neighbor into this? Why do you got to speak every man truth with my neighbor? Speak every man truth with his neighbor. I hope that when I read those words to you just now, your mind went exactly to Mark 16. Go, you and all the world, and preach the gospel. Whether it means your backyard, your side yard, your front yard, your, your rooftop, whatever it is, speak truth to your neighbor. God sent a prophet. Lord Jesus died, Christ died for your sins. And, and I'm not talking, and when I say it about God sent a prophet, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to build up the man on the left, I'm building up the one on the right. Because God did that. God took a man for me. God took a man and made him a certain way for Sam Parker. If you don't want him, that's fine. That's up on you. But, but I'm very thankful what God did in that man on the left's life. I'm very thankful. And, and I can, can read back to you beyond the curtain of time and all those millions and millions are on the other side that come to him and tell him, Brother Branham, that if you had not went, we wouldn't be here. If you had not went, we wouldn't be here. So I tell you, I'm very thankful for the one on the left. I'm very thankful the man surrendered his life to God. Let God use him for me. For me. God used that voice for me. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. What is a greater truth than the truth of God? Or not the truth that you're disputing over your fence line about the size of your grass, uh, you know, loud mute. No, that's not the truth. The greatest truth you'll ever find is the truth of God. What is the truth that Satan don't want coming out of your mouth? There's only one truth Satan don't want coming out. It's the truth of God because it will change that person. I, I shared that with you. We, had a, we have a friend of ours that told us that, about her uncle that had just heard, been witness to about the message, and he was in another state. He comes back to Kansas, and he's burning on his heart, and he walks in the room to parts of his family, other, his uh, sister and her husband and their children, and makes this statement, God has sent a prophet. And even as a young girl, she said, my heart started burning. What did you say? What did you say? God said, it ain't about the prophet. It's about God sending him, about God using him, about what God did for our day. 
You understand, I'm not building the man up, I'm building the one up. God did that. Speak truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. This is the part of the rapture. You will not take a rapture with a root of bitterness in you. You will not take a rapture with an offense, with complexes. You will not take a rapture with that. You will not take a rapture lukewarm. You will not take a rapture sitting on a fence. You will not take a rapture backbiting one. You will not take a rapture like that. Don't give place to the devil. Well, no, I'm just, I'm not giving place to the devil. I am just don't really like this person. And I'm saying these things about this person. And the scripture says, until all come together in the unity of the faith. Well, I don't, you know, uh, no, no, don't give him no place. Okay, that, 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 that helping you any? Let's say it like this. You're setting your table at your home. We've, we seat eight people. We got eight place settings, something like that. Our table seat, seat eight people. What if uh, we only going to put seven for us and have another place at the table for the devil? I'm going to give this place right here to the devil, right here at the table. If you go to sit down in your living room, don't sit there. That's the devil's place. No. Come against it. I won't give that. I won't give him no place here. I won't give him no place there. I won't give him no place in my car. He don't get a seat in my car. He don't get a seat at work. He don't get a seat in the fellowship hall. He don't get a seat in our relationship. He don't get no place, no seat whatsoever. Only place he belongs is right there. And that don't look like a seat to me. That looks like defeat to me. Don't give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands a thing which is good, that he may give to him that needeth. He may give to him that needeth. Turn over to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, I'll wait a minute and let you get it up so everybody can. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Dead to the law by the body of Christ. <clears throat> well, let me think about it like this. Um, the creator stepped into a body that Colossians talked about, became the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay, we've got body. We're still keeping the word body. We're using the word body, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's how we're, we're, we're separated from that dead of the law by the body. See, that don't help you specifically. That doesn't help Penny Webster specifically. But when Penny Webster sees her name on the part of the body of Christ, the members in particular. What got John so excited? John sees the lion step forth, pull the seals off the book. He steps forth as a sacrifice, and John's excited. That's wonderful. That's amazing. But when John saw his name on there, John saw his name on there, he said, everyone on earth, under the earth, in the earth, around the earth, near the earth, in the heavens, in the sky, in the clouds, everywhere there's any place to be, heard me screaming, glory, 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 glory. Changed by the body. By the body. I'm a part of that body. I'm a part of that body. Are you a part of that body this morning? I'm a part. Wherefore, my brother, you are also become dead of the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who was raised from the dead. Who was raised from the dead? The lovely, living Lord Jesus Christ. I should be married to him. So that's not standing in front of a preacher and taking vows and such like that. It says a submission. I've sold all my life to him. I'm his property. He possesses all my reins. I'm all his. I withhold 
withhold nothing. I withhold nothing. Married to another, even to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I know he brought forth fruit, but now I got to bring forth fruit. What's the finished fruit of your look like life? What's the finished fruit of your life look like? It's a lot of lils. Raptured body. Fruit. That you would bring fruit. That you would bring forth fruit through this resurrection, raising from the dead. For we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. I'm guilty. I'm very guilty. Must have been a pretty holy church. I'm the only one. I'll put my hands back down. Nobody else ever brought forth fruit unto death. I did. Nobody else? Man, y'all are good. Y'all are. You don't even need the rapture. You're just going to just be perfect all the way through. I know I'm putting you on the spot. I'm just picking at you. But now, but now we're delivered from the law. That being dead, wherein we were held. Now, you've got to hold what Paul's talking about here. He's not saying that this is where so many people get tripped up. Well, we're just done away with the law. That's no more. And that door is finally done with that pesky thing, the law. Again, didn't come to do away with the law, came to magnify the law. And the, the perversion of what was done to the law is what he's against. The perversion of the Ten Commandments to now the, how many number by the time he was born? 600, 700, whatever it was. By the time that you went from 10 to, you told me the number before and I forgot. That sounds a little bit perverted. It went from 10 to now all these different things that you must have a tinkling of a certain way, the way you walk, and tinkle a certain bell. Otherwise, you're not full with God. All these different things that pulls you apart from Christ. He said that you're now delivered from that, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Because, and I'm going to get to it. I don't know if I get to it here. So the oldness of the letter versus the newness of the spirit. See, this scripture was written after the day of Pentecost, the day of Jubilee. You understand that? This scripture was written after the Holy Ghost was given. So this is where other people struggle with the second coming of Christ. Because you all know that he was born in a manger and he came as a body to redeem you. Everybody understands that. And he told them in prophecy, he said that another will come. And it's not that it's another person will come. It's another attribute of the life of God will come. Not another person, same person. Because that same person, whomever he is, was his daddy. People get tripped up over who was Jesus' dad, God the Father, the Holy Ghost. He said God was his father. The scripture said the Holy Ghost moved upon Mary. So we got contradiction or is he the same person? Same person. Amen. Keep it all in track. Same person. Same person. Same person. Who's your husband? That same person. That same person. So that same Holy Ghost being given to, again, could never happen before the baptism of the Holy Ghost, before the redemption. The baptism of the Holy Ghost couldn't happen until the redemption. You can't have justification and sanctification without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can't, those things don't line up. You can't have one and not the other. And when there was no way to get into that Shekinah glory, there's no body can have the Holy Ghost. You can have taste of it. You can have God moving upon a man for a time, but it's not a full, complete saturation as what was given there is the day of Pentecost so that's an experience that's the foundation so different people struggle in this area as well we were having a conversation last night certain people are they struggle against um they, the other folks will use the phrase back to Pentecost 
And there's a quote in the church age book that Brother Ram talks about the Pentecostal spirit and the, the true bride spirit being the two spirits at, at work in the church today, and that's what finding each other. And the Pentecostal spirit is an antichrist spirit. Antichrist spirit. The Pentecostal spirit is not the Pentecostal blessing. It's not the Pentecostal experience. It's an antichrist that says, you don't believe like me, we don't fellowship. So if you want to look at antichrist, what is antichrist? It always separates fellowship. Well, no, we're not that. We're not the things. Well, how many churches do you fellowship? How many other ministries do you fellowship with? Are they all still looking at me? It ain't God that does that. I'm pretty sure, I'm like, I'm like 90% sure that Abraham was begging God for his brother, for Lot. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that was, well, that sound familiar to y'all? That Abraham was begging Elohim, trying to negotiate with, please, God, don't kill him. Please, God, save him. Please, God. That almost sounds like he loved Lot to me. Maybe I got it backwards. But he was praying, God, help him. God, do something for him. God, save him. He didn't tell Lot to leave. Lot left. But he still wanted him. He's still trying to save him. You see the difference in the spirit of Christ versus the spirit of the devil? The spirit of the devil is always trying to separate always trying to tear things apart, tear people apart, but in the unity of Christ. So, the, the, again, the, the, the separation of that particular quote, he's not talking about the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what happened in the room. But the Ram is not saying that what happened in that room there on the day of Pentecost, that that is against the true bride of Christ. Today. He's never saying that. A lot of people try to twist that that's not what he's saying so when some people use the phrase back to pentecost i'm not talking about the organization i'm not talking about the nomination i'm not talking about any antichrist spirit i'm talking about the basic foundation of a christian walk and i say it this simply because so many people want to say well i didn't have that experience but i believe everything else and their lives look nothing like that and I'm not trying to say that, that, well, you know, trying to be as far as judging people. But again, you're a fruit inspector. If you walk out to your apple tree and it's already put, only putting out figs, you're like, something's not quite right. You're supposed to be producing apples. What's wrong with this picture? Well, you're just being judging. No, he's supposed to produce apples. I'm supposed to produce the life of Christ. You're supposed to produce the life of Christ. What's the life of Christ look like? What's it look like? Come unto me, all who are labor. That are, that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest the life of Christ said I would that none would be lost that's what the life of Christ is the, the, the life of the devil is well some of those guys are serpent seed and we can't talk to them can't fellowship with them they don't believe the same way as me they don't preach the same way they ain't fellowship with the same people I am that is not the life of Christ something's wrong that's a lying spirit that's going to get in there that's not the life of Christ I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, you will not take a rapture without the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the mighty burning fire. You will not take a rapture. I've done proof to you in this series how the Enoch took a rapture, how Elijah took a rapture, how Jesus took a rapture, he is the Holy Ghost, and how the saints of the Old Testament took their rapture. There was three raptures in the Old Testament, there's three raptures in the New Testament. We've covered this. Everybody sound familiar to everybody? How Enoch took a rapture, how Elijah took a rapture, how that Jesus was the, the rapture between the two, and then the saints of the Old took that. As far as our, the New Testament, they were raptured there. You'll be the second rapture of the New Testament, and then the, the, the uh, Elijah and Moses in Revelation 11 will be the third rapture in the new testament is all this you know this very clear everybody understands all those things they did it by the holy ghost 
Enoch pleased God. How do you get the Holy Ghost? Your life pleases God. Lord, I believe you. I believe you. And God honors your faith. God looks at you and says, they believe me. I'll come inside and make my abode with them. And you've been given eternal life, and you've become a part of the kingdom, and now you're going to produce fruit of that kingdom. You know, that as Jesus sent them two by two in every kingdom, every city, they'd walk in, they were told whether they're coming to the city or coming to the house, you were to tell them, listen to me now, you were to tell them that the kingdom of heaven has come nigh thee. Sound like your Bible? You're to tell them that the kingdom of heaven has come nigh thee. So do you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning? So everywhere you go, say, I just walked by that pulpit. The kingdom of heaven just walked by that pulpit. You go through that door, the kingdom of heaven just walked through that door. I've been ransomed. I've been changed. I've been blood-bought and purchased. I've been sealed. I've been sealed by the kingdom of heaven. What is heaven? Him. Heaven is described as anywhere he is. Anywhere he is. We, we haven't got there yet. And we're not going to get there. And Ephesians talks about being seated together in heavenly places. Brother Branham says about that scripture, seated together in, together in heavenly places, the prophet said, that's just the believer's position in Christ. And you're like, whoa, you shouldn't be using words like just. That's the believer's position in Christ? You mean when I'm going through my worst trial and I feel like I've been knocked down and I'm struggling, that I'm seated together in heavenly places with him? You know what? That's going to change how I pray. That's going to change how I speak. And it's sure going to change how I fight. Sure going to change how I fight. I'm not a part of that no more. Praise the Lord. <laughs> what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Here's the answer is the free from the law. So many people say, well, yeah, we're free from the law, all this sort of thing. No, he's trying to put it back into balance with you. What should we say then? Is the law sin? Paul says, God forbid. Well, now, Paul, we don't understand. We've, we've got people out here telling you that God did away with all those things and, and that we don't have to believe from the Old Testament. We don't have to read from the Old Testament. We don't have to do any of those things because it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Paul's like, no, no, no. There's a perfect balance. There's a perfect balance. He said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, sin. What is sin again? Unbelief. Taking occasion by the commandment. Okay, uh, so the commandment come out, and I just had to go, um, you know, had to go rob my neighbor. I just had to. You know, I, I wouldn't have known he said, thou shalt not steal, but I got to go steal because of the law. No, no, no. You didn't believe it. Thou shalt not steal. Who does he think he's talking to? I do what I want. This is your flesh. You think, you think your flesh ain't told God that before? I do what I want. Your actions do that. Your fruit you're producing does that. You're looking at God saying, I do what I want. That's why the body's got to die. That's why you've got to die. Because that flesh wants to say, oh, God, I do what I want. Anybody disagree? We take it right now and have a discussion on that. I had not known sin. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. Without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Revived and I died. And the commandment, the commandment, and that's italicized, verse 10, and the commandment which was ordained, which was ordained. Who ordained it? 
who ordained it. Then Moses um, coming down off the, the mountain there, and God had told him some things, and he meets somebody else out in the wilderness before he gets to them, so you should write this in there too. I hope you chisel it in real quick. That was not ordained by man. That was ordained by the finger of God. God wrote those commandments with his finger. The same finger that leaned down the sand one day and wrote in the sand while these other people were telling him to kill a woman. The same finger. You realize it was the exact same finger that leaned down, that wrote those commandments, that wrote the law, that thou shalt not commit adultery. They bring a woman to him who said, you know, she was caught in adultery and the man wasn't there. The man was supposed to be there too. The law said they both got to die. They bring just her. They're trying to test him and tempt him. And he just... I, you know, it had been interesting. You know, you can, um, you know they have this uh, uh, finger uh, handwriting analysis. They have handwriting analysis. They can tell because my handwriting is pretty easy. Uh, it don't look good, but you can tell it's my handwriting because it's so bad. But I bet you if you put that sand right beside that tablet, that should have started screaming fit right there. Why does the, the swirl look the same? Why does the way he makes this L look the same? Why does that look the same? That's the exact same. It's it's the exact same. And your, your, your life, your experience has got to line up the sign the same way. As God moves upon you and breathes in you and God is sharing things with you, you go back and look, that's the exact same. That's the exact same thing. He's, that's the exact same thing he said here. And it's the exact same thing he said here. Your life, your experience lines up with the word completely. Completely. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me deceived me deceived me what did eve say the serpent beguiled me deceived tricked into it tricked into it deceived into it and by it it slew me wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good was then that which is good made death unto me god forbid but sin that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful that's a whole lot of unbelief i'm not just gonna disbelieve it but i'm gonna fully unbelieve it because my flesh fought back so hard for we know that the law is spiritual but i am carnal sold under sin Carnal parts got to die. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I can sit under the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. It's got to die. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, as parentheses, dwelleth no good thing in my flesh. Flesh is your worst enemy. It's your worst enemy. Beat you up all day long. I'm not, the guy who lives between these two elbows is Sam Parker's worst enemy. And nobody else, I'm Sam Parker's worst enemy. Got a hair on my shoulder. See, he told you, worst enemy. Got to die. If, I, if then I do that which I would not, I can sit under the law that is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. This is a part. This is a change. You see, Paul's working up to something. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, that's where you're struggling. That's where that, it happens in your soul, moves through your spirit. It affects your body. God always starts on the inside working out. He always starts at the bottom working up. He don't start at the top working in, down. He don't start on the outside working in. I know that in me is in my flesh. That is, for I know that in me, parentheses, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. 
For to will the will. Jesus said something, but the body's weak. The perfect one, the perfect one in the Garden of Gethsemane was praying to become drops of blood. He said the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. That body had to be changed. That body had to be uh, specific for the sacrifice. No disputing there. But that body wasn't complete until it was changed. You realize he got a glorified body. Everybody understands that. It's just like you. Just like your body will be. You get the same kind of body. He comes out and he won't allow to touch you. He said, don't touch me yet. I'm not yet ascending the Father. He has not brought that sacrifice up yet. Now, again, as the high priest, that, that sacrifice that he did that, that applies to me, that, that sacrifice that applies to me, no different than the blood over the doorpost there in the Old Testament. He took his blood and put it over my doorpost, sealed, sealed on the day of redemption, sealed on the day of the body change, sealed until it's all wrapped up and brought into fruition. All of that sealed away. Everybody catch him. So not as a once a year sacrifice as the priest would do. Okay, we've killed this. Now we've done that there. And that's now pushing the sins forward one year. That's what was done there. He took this one sacrifice. And you think about it, a lot of folks try to, try to live on the literal chemistry of the blood. And you have, I think, the Catholic idea they take and they believe in the transmogrification that, that this becomes the actual blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in the communion dinner, in the communion, the Lord's Supper, that the, the wine becomes the actual blood, that the bread becomes the actual flesh. It's called transmogrification. It's not the literal blood chemistry. See, it had its part. But you've never touched the literal blood chemistry of that body of Jesus. Anybody touch that little chemistry? Nobody, not specifically touched it. But what it did do, it dripped on the earth. Where do you come out of? What are you made out of? Earth. Well, it didn't drop in Bentley. It dropped in Jerusalem. It was enough. How many drops do you need? How many drops for sin did it need? If it was just one tiniest little speck, it's redeemed. So there's your natural aspect. And now we've all come out of the same dirt. We're all made out of the same dirt. As your mom, as your mom is eating the food, that, that how, how's it? Uh, is it Jeremiah or Isaiah said, as I was curiously wrought in the deep parts of the earth. And, you know, you're eating the fruits of the ground. You're eating the animals. And the, the mother is taking those nutrients and, and growing that body from the seed that's already planted. Come out of the earth. So he takes that sacrifice and he places it before uh, wherever that sin marker was, wherever that had to go to meet that price. And now it's done forever. Absolutely done forever. No more see you next year. See you next month. Done forever. Completely always done. Now, the only reason I'm breaking into this, this isn't what God is bringing us back to my memory. It's, it's to reiterate this to you. Because I know we're enemy. I know we fight you saying, well, the day that you give your heart to God, you are redeemed and God redeemed everything you did before then. Satan loves that statement. But anything you do after that is, oh my goodness, it's back upon you. It's back upon you. It's back upon you. This is what the enemy says. This is what the demons that fight you says. But the sin price that was paid was not just everything before your conversion. It was anything that you could ever even dream of doing. See, you got to understand a paradox again. But, 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 there's no buts about it. It's cleaned. So then you run all the way over to the last book of the Bible in Revelation. He said, I have purchased you and I have bought you and I've washed you in my own blood. 
And now, again, back to the prophet of our day. He said, she stands before him, the perfect, spotless, sinless, purchased possession bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I made a mistake last week. That was forgiven too. I'll make one next week. Repent. It's forgiven too. You have your part. Repent. Make it right. But it's forgiven too. Repent. Make it right. It's forgiven too. Mm. There's so much there. I don't. I need, I need at least two more hours just to get in that subject there. Let me, let me try to finish this. Maybe the Lord help us get in that Wednesday night. What shall we say? What shall we say? I find then that a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Just, uh, I think last week was one of the um, anniversaries of Brother Brown preaching the hidden life of Christ. That I would find in this law, he said, but I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. You have the law of God in the inward man, the inner court, that holy of holies, the furthest inside. But on the outer court, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? But verse 25 happens. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Redeemer, the one that made the perfect sacrifice to help me overcome every mistake I'd have, every impurity, every flaw. Like I've said many times, if God's got to tear you all the way back down to build you back up, if God's got to do a little polishing on you, just a little chisel work, just a little fine, because you got little fine chisels, you ever know, little tiny, got a little, take off it right here. You got big demo chisels and you're taking off big suctions. Sometimes you got sledgehammer work and you're just going to town on it. You got to bust this whole thing off right here. It's not giving glory to God. It's got to come off. But it hurts. Don't worry. He's a healer. Don't worry. He's a, but it hurts. Don't worry. He's a healer. He won't take anything from you that he wouldn't give you something better for. You know what? Let's stand on our feet and have musicians come. I thank God. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Ain't nobody like him. It's a different way to go this morning. I wasn't sure which way that God would, would lead in that area. But you understand that your, your body, the things you struggle with even right now, will come under subjection. It will absolutely come into subjection. You know, I guarantee you, each one of us in this room that have a smartphone struggle with looking at it. Each one of us. You know that Satan uses that to pull you away from God. You're tired of God. You know that. You know that. Each one of us, whether it's something as silly as solitary, solitaire, or any other little game, or Craigslist, or Facebook, or, or anything you fit on that phone, that will use that to pull you away from God. And you think about that. When you come up to uh, maybe you're, 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 you've been in Facebook for an hour or something like that, and your Bible app will be a nuisance, you know, and just go off and read a verse for a minute. And you're like, swipe that thing away. I'm looking at this. The devil's using that to try to get through your flesh so that your spirit and your soul can't get help with the life of God. It's got to come under subjection. It will come under subjection. Different, isn't it? But each one of us struggle with these things. Again, there's not one person in this room that's perfect because you're still here. Each one of us struggle with, with our attention. Each one of us struggle with uh, what we give time to. And uh, I heard a guy say just the other day about what an idol was. And he read the scripture where God said, put away all, all idols. 
and think, well, you know, we don't carve stones anymore. We don't have chunks of wood sitting around, and we now pray to it. And I was just reading a quote this morning, Brother Ram, talking about being over um, either in India, I think it was in India, and this, uh, he watched this man that was an idol that they had hewed out, and they had it sitting in this temple. And what this guy would do, he would come in and, and he would lay before the temple. He'd bring his offering, because even those idols, they need an offering. So they bring it. And most people, they don't struggle with bringing an offering to that, but bring an offering to God. Eh. But, but they bring their offering before the thing, before the, before the God, the idol. They lay it there. Then they start to prostrate themselves. They bow down and they pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. You listen to me now. They pray and pray and pray until that God speaks back to them. That thing of wood, that thing of gold, that thing of stone speaks back to them. That's a negative. But will you spend time in prayer that God will speak back to you? See, a spirit entered that thing to speak to them back. That's a negative thought. But the Holy Ghost wants to speak to you. I just read that to you. God's purpose is before there was a thing called dust, He wanted to reveal Himself to you. He wanted you to know Him like that. He wanted a lip-to-ear conversation with you. Not just in the millennium, not just on streets of gold, but right now. He wanted to be able to speak to you just like He spoke to Adam. The devil knows that too. Fighting everything he can to keep that from happening. Because again, that looks an awful lot like the manifested son and daughter of God. Surrendered to God. Having communion and fellowship with him. Walking and talking with him daily. And that ticker just speeds up for the enemy. He's like, y'all smell smoke? I smell smoke. What a mighty God we serve. What are you playing? That's perfect. Oh, how do you explain? Oh, yes, how do you describe? Oh, a love that flows from east to west and runs as deep as it is wide.
second verse. Oh, if words could fall like rain. Oh, yes, from these lips of sisters here this morning. Lord, help us, lead us, and guide us. We thank you for being our healer. 
Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning, Lord, that needs a touch in their body, I pray that you would take your nail-scarred hands, Lord, and rub that balm of Gilead all over their body, all over their flesh, and make them completely whole. Satan, I come against you. I rebuke you and I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're trying to attack our flesh. You're trying to attack our mind, our spirit, our soul, but you're defeated and we are not. Get out. Lord God, I thank you so much for your mercy to us. I thank you, Lord, for putting that power and authority in your people, Lord. We're not worthy. I admit that, Lord God, but, but, but you said we can use it to defend ourselves. And so, Lord, we're doing that. We're putting that to work. We're putting boots on it. We're sending it to work, Lord, and we're, we're thanking you for the victory. Many times it's because we're not called to walk by sight and maybe it don't look like nothing's done yet, but we believe by faith that that word that was spoken from the lips of a redeemed son or daughter of God, it must come to pass because it wasn't us that spoke it. It was you speaking in us, Lord. We surrender all that we are. We pray you'd help us and draw us near. Bless us as we go our separate ways. Lord, and we ask this once again that you might make us more like you. We adore you this morning. How great you are amongst your people. In your precious and lovely name, amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. You are dismissed.